So good day, and welcome to Failing Like Champions with Matt and George. Uh, we are, this is our inaugural uh, episode, episode one, the yeah. pilot. Very first one. Yeah, right on, the the, uh, the kickoff. So everybody asks, hey, what is this podcast, what is this show about? Everybody gets knocked down in life. Life has a way of throwing those sucker punches at you, but you have a choice. You stay sure. down, you give up, you're defeated, or you get up, you go again, you have another round in you. That's right. And so everybody who is eventually a champion gets knocked down. They chose to get back up. So we're going to talk about the different ways in life that people get back up. You can't win, Rock. <laughs> All right. This man will tell you that from them. All right. All right. <laughs> yes, you can, Rock. He did, eventually. You know, Rocky wins a couple of fights. He got his ass kicked plenty of times. He also gets knocked down <laughs> quite often. And his face, man. Ooh, damn. I think Sylvester Stallone started like that. What, Sylvester Stallone started like that, what? His face, generally, just like <laughs> I don't know, man. Apollo put some knots on him. Some extra knots on him. <laughs> like, how many lumps do you want? Oh, about three or four. Drago, toss some in. So did Mr. T. He got, yeah. He had to take his lumps along the way. I, I, I think he's, he, he might be our poster boy for failing like a champion. <laughs> like, for real. Say, I don't think he had to fall down that many times. Yeah. But he always got back up one more time than he fell down. So do you think you can run those steps? Like if we went out there right down to Philly, you think you'd hit those steps? 100%. 100%? I would do it, crush it. I'd puke I'd get like once we got to the top. I'd get like eight of them. I would definitely get at least one more than I'd get like eight of them, dude. I need a Peloton. I will die on those steps. I would, I would need a Peloton to get to the rest, to the top. <laughs> I know the Peloton's move real well. But, uh, you know, we're kicking off the first show. I also wanted to start with some congratulations. I understand that you are a grandfather. Hopefully today. It, 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 it's it is hours. happening as we speak. So I'm, uh, you know, just sitting here. It's it's the birth of two things today. My the my my granddaughter, this show. So we'll always be celebrating every year. We like I'll know exactly when our anniversary is. A beautiful anniversary indeed. Oh, it will be. I can't wait. I already ordered the cake. You guys have a uh, name picked out. I don't know if you have any say in that. I do not. Uh, actually, she's naming it after my wife's grandmother. Uh, Lula. I like that. Yeah. Lula May. So And May is a very big name on both sides of my family. So Goes funny back story. Several years. About yeah. Matt Nagel on my, my mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. My great grandfather wanted a boy. Okay. And he tried seven times. Okay. Girl, 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 girl. He gave every single one of them a male name. Okay. So I have an uncle George. I have an uncle Joseph. You mean an aunt? No. Oh, well, great aunt. I have a great aunt named George. Great okay. aunt named Joseph. Mm-hmm. My great gran- my grandmother's name is Merle. Merle? Like Merle Haggard. <laughs> um, he was determined. And on the eighth try, they had a boy. <coughs> they named him Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he would have enjoyed that. So my uncle, 
Ichabod Ezekiel. Ichabod goes by I. He ran out of male names. So yeah, yeah. I, I he literally ran out of male names and went with something very obscure. Was he born on Halloween? I don't know. You know Ichabod. My uncle I not a man of Cream. great humor. Very serious guy. You know? Headless horseman, maybe. So you have Aunt George. I have an Aunt George. Well, I used to have an Aunt George. They've all passed oh, now. Yeah, but whatever older. Yeah. Aunt George, Aunt Joseph. My grandmother's name was Merle. Uh, I have an Aunt Thomas. Like very strange. So a lot of them had. Did your grandmother smoke Marlboros? I don't know. That seemed like something a Merle would do. That never came up in conversation. <laughs> She was a very, like, hard, strict lady. Oh, uh, yeah, her name was Merle. Yeah. She, <laughs> she sold tomatoes on the side of the road. How can you be nice with a name like Merle? I don't know that anyone's described her as nice. That's awesome, though. She, uh... Probably my favorite story about my grandmother that I think epitomizes her personality is that we would get in trouble. Uh-huh. Right, for whatever reason. And this one particular time, I... Use the phrase, eat my shorts. Oh, like Bart Simpson. Like Bart Simpson. Simpson's a big deal back in the time. And in explaining to my grandmother what that meant, like I used the word butt, like B-U-T-T. I got you. And she told me to go get a switch. Ooh. She said you can get your own charger device. My own switch. And this <laughs> was not the first time, so I knew how this played out. And so I brought back this like small spindly twig. And As you should. without breaking a face, without emotion, she went out and got this very, like, flexible, pliable branch and beat the crap out of me. So I learned that it's about bending and not breaking. The more flexible it is, the more pain you can withstand, the more pain you can dish out. Wow. I also learned it's not good to play games with Grandma. It's not good to play games with Grandma. But hard lady, a lot of good lessons there. Yeah. Well, you know what? She Adrian Peterson. <laughs> she Adrian Peterson, you ass. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. Different time. Adrian Peterson got suspended for a year for that same act. But speaking of good stories, there's a, a national story in the media right now. I know we've talked about it a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, Bill Gross. Bill kind Gross. Of the I got him pulled up right here. Yeah, fictional father of the bond market. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's having some problems with the neighbors. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so apparently uh, old Bill... Who's worth about a billion and a half dollars? Decided he and his wife decided they wanted to get this big lighted piece of art put in their in front of their house, and uh, the neighbors got a little upset because it obstructed their view of the ocean. That's totally what what I want on my beachfront property is a weird glass lighted art piece. I, I would love to see. I can't find pictures of it. I, I wish I could. I'm sure they're out there. What? Uh, how did Bill? I'm assuming the neighbors got upset. Well, called the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bill wasn't too happy about that. So what did Bill do? <laughs> so Bill, with his, you know, access to his billion dollars, he decided he wanted to go out and buy the biggest concert speakers he could find <laughs> and uh, blast uh, Gilligan's Island on loop <laughs> for several days, what I understand. I'm assuming if you have a billion dollars, you can get one hell of a stereo. I'm pretty sure if you had a billion dollars, you could actually get Gilligan to get up there and sink it in the loop. Bob Denver. <laughs> nice reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gilligan, man. Oh, my God, man. Do you remember the words to the Gilligan's Island theme song? I would never forget them. Come on, man. Sit right back in here and tell a tale of faithful trip that started from this tropical port aboard this tiny ship. 
man. Well, we don't have three hours to go on a cruise. I know. But I'm impressed. I don't think I could rattle that off. I know, but the professor and Marianne, you know, they were on the Gilligan's Island. So, so Bill, Ginger and Marianne. Um, did you say Ginger or Marianne or Ginger and Marianne? Well, I mean, come on. You're not the skipper, dude. You don't get to, you don't get to have both. Uh, but I might I mean, the professor. professor. The professor. I'm sorry. The professor was a G. The professor probably did have both. I don't think there's any question. He definitely <laughs> had both and Mrs. Howell. Uh, Mrs. Howell. I don't know, man. Yeah, he's a professor. Yeah, he well, sampled all the words available on the island. That's true. He made some contraptions. They were turned on by that. Uh, I they think were sapiosexual. It's really hard not to pick Marianne, though. She's sweet. She's down home. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She wore Very the Daisy cute. Dukes before Daisy Duke. Uh-huh. And she had that, like, weird tied-off midriff shirt. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they call that, but I like that. I just always felt like Ginger just had, she was hiding something under that dress. I wasn't sure what. We can talk after the show. <laughs> I'm not that kind of doctor, but I think uh, our, our guest might have some insight into that. All right, man. We, we got a great guest coming on later on today, people. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Uh, he's, he's been called the Guy Fieri of chiropractic. <laughs> but At least once today. Before we throw some flavor on it, um, sports, right? You yeah, love sports. I, I love sports. We're sports guys. Right. Uh, I am the current reigning fantasy football champion of our league. Yeah, that is very true. Too bad you can't defend that title this year. We'll, that, we'll, we'll get back next year. That's kind of what I was alluding to. So right now we've had an NBA championship, World Series is going on. We've yep. got the NFL back. Yep. Premier League is back. Yep. Do we care? I don't. Like, the World Series, like, dude, that one play where they threw the ball and they dropped the ball a couple times is, like, the only thing that I've seen of the World Series this year. Like, literally the highlight. That one highlight. I literally haven't seen anything else. I have no interest in the World Series. Um, from what I've heard, the numbers are the lowest they've ever been as far as viewership. I think people have kind of checked out with sports this year, which is unfortunate. I thought I thought people would be so excited for sports, but I think it's overload. You know, you got nine sports going on at the same time, and we're just not used to that. I know. I watched the first game of the World Series, about the first five innings, and I I realized like I was just bored. I didn't care. There's no fans. And according to the Nielsen ratings, this was the least watched World Series game ever. Mm-hmm. Now, game two might have been less watched than game one. Right. But since they started keeping that statistic, sure. just people want to watch it. People don't care. And I think part of it, for sure, is that people are overwhelmed. Games are played out of season, like baseball. We're in October, but this is late for baseball. Yeah. Premier League started a little bit late. Football this is kind of their prime time. But everything is late. There's Everything's trying to get done at once. And people have a lot of other things on their mind right now. I think it's just lack of fans. I've always said that sports is about the experience, and it's about the energy. There's only so much energy you can get from 22 grown, 22 grown men run up and down, running up and down the field tackling each other. The real energy comes from the fans, from the stands. Basketball the same way, <clears throat> baseball the same way. I think that the lack of enthusiasm and not having a crowd there, that's really what it's all about, you know? Sold out arenas. It's like a concert. Like, could you imagine? Like, think of your favorite band, and it's just you and your five buddies just sitting there, like, and that's it. It's not the same. 
Yeah, you know, that energy. You want to crowd surf, you know, you, you can't crowd surf with five people, you know. I, like, I think uh, a big part of that is that, at least for the NBA, the World Series, there's no home games, right? They're playing right. in these bubbles. They had, hockey was the same way. Mm-hmm. They're playing in a bubble in front of nobody. Who won hockey? Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. You know, big props to Shattenkirk and to LaRue. LaRue and Pat Maroon. Yeah. LaRue's got back-to-back. That's it again. Hey, hard to argue with that. But there's nobody there. And I think a big part of being an athlete is you draw on those fans, that you want to win for those hometown fans. Sure. And there's no hometown advantage. There's no... Dude, I've been a Laker fan for 30 years. Okay? I'm talking about since the day the Magic... The Magic... The day the Magic Lane stuff is converse. I've been the Magic... Been a, a, a humongous Laker fan. And this was the most lackluster <clears throat> championship that I've ever seen. I just had no enthusiasm about it. You know, and, it, and this one was for Kobe, who was my favorite player of all time. And it was just like... Yeah, but you know, and no fans. You know, and and then they insult us by putting these cameras, like people sitting at home watching it on Zoom. I don't. What is that? So I, I did have to ask. What do you think about the virtual fan? That's with a, the video that's screen insulting. of a guy. Well, I don't even want to see that. I'd rather see cardboard cutouts, or you know, at least you know, I would rather I would rather see empty stands and pipe in some noise. The more contrived it feels, the cheaper it feels. Like. Yeah, it felt like I was watching a video game. But not a very good one either. It, uh, it's definitely a very weird point, not just in you know our lives, but yeah. human existence. And sports we use as an escape from that existence a lot of times. Correct. And the more shallow, the more contrived the sports feel, I feel like it just underscores how strange everything is right now. And it, and, and it makes you feel like you're in a bubble. The reality of it is you're reminded by watching it that we're in a pandemic. It's not an escape, you know? Yeah. You, you are reminded that the world is different than right. it was Right. In it's not an escape. It's like going to see a movie, you know, and, you know, it's, you know, it's the camera shining right back at you watching the movie. Like, who wants to do that? And all of my teams have been horrible this year, too. Which well, the Rams are winning. Helen's up. <laughs> We're not going to open that can. Great game last night, guys. Rams, not my team. I know. I'm the last Ram not fan in St. Louis. Don't worry about it. I've got a bunch of gear that in a box. Wait, I burned one. Don't have it anymore. Well, it doesn't matter. That stuff is irrelevant anyway. They change the colors. Which, never mind. I know. Too much. Too much. It's still it, too it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of poetic justice, right? Cron- Cronky opens up a $4 billion stadium to no fans. <laughs> that part... Thrilled. <laughs> I kind of figured you'd get a kick out of that. But speaking of odd business decisions with a couple of billion dollars involved, mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts, up for sale. Yeah. You want to go in on it? Uh, I thought about it until I saw the price tag. How much do you think that they're selling Dunkin' Donuts for? Well, the first thing about it, it's a franchise. It's not like they're buying all these restaurants, like buying Starbucks, right? Correct. If you bought Starbucks, Correct. you would be buying all the restaurants, all the implements that go along with it the employees and all that. So with it being a franchise and all the franchisees actually owning their portion and paying their fees, I would probably say it's got to be somewhere in cheap. You ever been downtown Chicago? There's like 99 of them. There are. I, I would probably say somewhere in the $20 billion range. So I was surprised when I heard the number. I'm even more surprised to hear your number. It's a little high. So... The company that is buying Dunkin' Donuts is spending $12 billion 
to acquire Dunkin' Donuts. All of the branding, the naming, the franchisor rights. They're also getting Baskin Robbins on the side. So, a little extra treat, you get Baskin Robbins along with Dunkin' Donuts. I can't even tell you the last time I saw Baskin Robbins. So, it's it's kind of an interesting dance, I guess you'd say. So, in July 2020, Dunkin' Donuts closes about 800 stores nationwide. They closed? Closed. This year? This year. These stores underperforming. Probably directly related to the pandemic, right? Sure. I love Dunkin' Count. I love Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You love Dunkin' Donuts too. You know, if we get all the Dunkin' Donuts on everything, we all love the Dunkin' Donuts. Well, yeah. But not a Starbucks fan. I think Starbucks not the best coffee I've ever had. Dunkin' solid, always there for me. Easy. They close 800 stores in July. These guys come in and they swoop in. They make a 12 billion dollar offer. And the Dunkin' Donut people said... Uh, they haven't said yes yet. I think they're trying to work out the details, mm. but I think we're going to see a yes here very soon. Okay. And they will join a portfolio that includes Sonic Restaurants, the old drive-in, uh, the Route 44. It's starting to look line brilliant line. now, ain't yeah. it? Sonic looks really brilliant right now. <laughs> you know what? It's like the business model of the future at this point. 44, Route 44 Limeade with the Strawberry Limeade, cannot beat that. I like the Texas Toast Sandwich they serve oh, purpose. Why yeah. don't they put everything on Texas Toast? I have no idea. Anyway. Also in the portfolio was Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Jimmy John's. Okay. Jimmy John's, overrated sandwich for me. But they freaky fast, though. I heard that. Well, I don't know. Let's call them and see how fast they can get us some sandwiches here. So it's this, uh, what's interesting is this company doesn't specialize in restaurants. They're a fairly new company, but they're owned and run by a hedge fund. So the guy kind of behind all this owns and runs a hedge fund <laughs> who owns stock in all of these restaurants. So he took his investors' money and bought all these restaurants that he was invested in. Basically, yes. Uh, there's, there's, like there's about here. 50 shares of gray in there. And so, I'm not talking about the sexy kind. I, I am that kind of doctor. I am a lawyer. Correct. Um, something seems a little off about this. Yeah, sure. But uh, there's probably some very, very good SEC lawyers on top of this. I'm pretty sure. And I mean, when you run a hedge fund, you literally can move the market. And if it's not moving fast enough, we just buy another franchise. Yeah, man. Franchises are the worst. I, I, I've been on both sides. I mean, not both sides. I've been on the franchi- franchisee side. And I, I tell you what, man, what you're doing is you're buying a job. Yeah, absolutely. You're to, buy, to work. You're paying somebody else to work for them. I know we've looked over a number of franchise agreements. We've helped set up franchises. We've helped franchise businesses so they can sell their business model. It is a great opportunity for somebody that knows nothing about business, that has a desire, and a work ethic, and some capital, mm-hmm. and they, want, they don't want to do their marketing. They mm-hmm. want to work, but they don't want to market. Yeah. They want somebody else to show them the rules, give them the ingredients, the instruction yeah. manual. Great. It's great for somebody that's transitioning out of a, of a of a situation that they've been used to that. That structure, sure. you know, retirees or structure. somebody. Yeah, I mean, that's great. But I, the, people that, the people that I've seen that are most successful with franchises are two professional athletes that I knew that one invested in a bunch of, in a hamburger chain, uh, which shall remain nameless. You don't he own, nameless. He only, he only like 10 of them. Fat burger. Uh, and, uh, Sounds like something out of The Simpsons. 
No, Fat Burger, man. Burger. They were big on the West Coast. And uh, he had like 10 of those. And another uh, ex-football player that I knew, he, he bought a bunch of Jiffy Lubes. You know, they made a lot of money because they they own 10 or 12 of them. Sure. You know, so they get 100 grand here, 100 grand there, 100 grand here, and then have to go in and work them every day. But the average Joe who buys a franchise, they're putting in 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you know. Oh, until I think they, even more than that. Yeah, it, easily. Because they're putting in at least 40, working the cash register. Right. Or making sure the burgers are getting flipped on the grill. Right. Correct. And they still got to run the business. They got to well. run the business as well. Yeah. Some of those pieces have been taken out. They don't got to sure. worry about marketing. They sure. don't got to worry about payroll and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And then they get an email one day that says, hey, uh, we decided to change the layout. Then we you got have rid- to comply. We got rid of the Szechuan sauce. Oh, man. Yeah, I hate when they do that. That Szechuan sauce was the bomb. Um, it is literally a meme the basis for an ongoing joke in Rick and Morty and engraved in everyone's heart. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they don't just bring it back all the time. I don't either. But so, yeah, kind of big movement here in the, the business world. Um, one of the things I thought was the most interesting out of this merger, the numbers and everything, is that for some reason, acquiring Dunkin' Donuts and all these other franchises, this company is expanding into Mexico. So they are reopening Arby's in Mexico and we are putting the first Arby's ever in Guadalajara. Guadalajara. I have no connection to Guadalajara. Do they eat beef in Guadalajara? It's Mexico, I guess so. Arby's is roast beef, yeah. They got the meats, dude. They do have the meats. Like literally. All the meats. They do have all the meats and guess what? I don't eat there. You don't eat at Arby's? Well, for what? Dude, I love the roast beef at Arby's. You get that horsey sauce I'm talking about the fast food thing, man. I'm really... Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, if I catch myself in the drive-thru, it's a very bad day for me. Honestly, if I I have to hit a fast food, like I'm in between meetings or I'm on the road, I usually try to find an Arby's, grab it, the roast beef, ditch the buns, horsey sauce, and just eat the roast beef. Oh. It's kind of gross, but it's great. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's probably not good for me, but... Yeah. I think think it's... uh, 3 a.m. White Castle run for me is about as close as it's going to get. Dude, let's not go there. Let's <laughs> not go there. I've seen you on the side of the road puking up that Crave case. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I had to finish it. But it speaking, was a challenge. Speaking of horrible medical decisions or good medical decisions, how do you feel about bringing out our guest? I feel great about bringing out our guest, man. I really want to learn more about what this guy's doing. Not so much about, this, uh, you know, the medical side, but... This guy's a rock star on social media, man. Literally and figuratively. Is that right? Absolutely. So our next guest is a local doctor. He is a doctor of chiropractic. He attended Logan University here in town after he graduated from Murray State. All right. He owns several chiropractic clinics here in the greater St. Louis area. He also was in a rock band. Oh, really? Absolutely. So I'm Not just a video game, but a real rock band. Real rock band. All right, I got to find out about that. He plays a mean guitar. But he is just killing it right now on social media. He is the TikTok doc. The TikTok doc. He is really doing a great job using social media to spread his message. Okay. I know you and I have a lot of questions, a lot of reservations about social media. So we said we bring him out and talk, ask his questions. Dr. Joshua Adams. Come on over, doc. Yeah, come on down, brother. <clears throat> All right, what's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Terrific. What's going on, TikTok? So, Dr. Adams, you are the owner and primary medical provider at 
Prime Health Centers. That is Tell correct. us a, a little bit about that. So, um, so I was no, I was like a lot of people. I um, I kind of thought chiropractors were weird growing up. I actually had a, an uncle that his neighbor was a chiropractor, and I used to go over and play with his kids. But it was really creepy because he had skeletons everywhere, and I was like, okay, this is crazy. And I always thought they were weird, which a lot of people do. And so it wasn't until my dad was in a car accident that as a last resort, we saw a chiropractor. A chiropractor helped him. And I was like, this is what I want to do because I was going to dental school. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to be a chiropractor because what they had done for my dad, I want to do that to tons and tons of people. But I've always been more medical minded. So I grew up more, uh, not very holistic. It was like, you got a headache, take an ibuprofen. It's like, you got something, take this for it. But I always kind of hated medicine, just not because of what it is, just because of the way that it made me feel. When I came to chiropractic school, I wanted to have more of an integrated model. So I wanted to do something that's never been done before, um, at least to a grand scale, and that was bring chiropractors together with medical doctors, with uh, nurse practitioners, with physical therapists, with all these kinds of things. So that's where we develop prime health centers, and uh, we've got stuff all over St. Louis, expanding into Illinois, and just trying to change healthcare. You're killing it on social media. That's really what we want to hear. Because, like, I, I know a ton of chiropractors. You guys have all kinds of different philosophies, all different levels of success. <clears throat> some new, some been around for a while. I've heard from Matt, and what I've earned, learned about you is that you don't take yourself, you know, you, you, you're, you're able to step back and not take yourself as seriously as a lot of these other guys. Some people would have probably showed up with a white coat on with a name badge, you know. Sure. Doctor would be bigger than their name. Sure. You know, so I would love to hear some more about what your approach to social media and how you branded yourself. And, of course, the theme of the show is some of the hiccups and, and, and failures that you had to deal with along the way. Sure. And uh, how you got, how you, you've actually incorporated that into your success. Sure. So... You know, there's tons of different platforms, obviously, for social media. There's Twitter, there's YouTube, there's Instagram, there's TikTok. There's all kinds of different things as far as, uh, you know, the, the different social medias that are out there. So originally start with YouTube, and I just put up a video just kind of to see how it went. Really, it was more for my website to be able to share some promotional testimonials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I had a local MMA kid that came in that was fighting, and I did an adjustment video. So I put it on YouTube, sat there for probably six months, had like 20 views on it. I was like, well, it's okay, because that's all I was using it for was my website or sending somebody what's an adjustment. And I woke up one morning, and then I had like tons and tons and tons of emails that was like, you know, comment on this post, comment on this post. So I look, and like overnight, it had 200,000 views. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's you know, pretty cool. So I go in, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be a huge YouTube star. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to... Uh, put this video up and every video I put up is going to just blow up from now on. So I go and I make all these videos and I put them up and I'm like, this video is great. This video is awesome. I keep putting them up and I get like 15 views. And I was like, okay, well, obviously just because you have one video stuff isn't going to blow up. So I keep putting stuff on YouTube, start making some videos and really nothing kind of takes off. Like I've had a couple videos that had about 20,000 views or something <coughs> like that, but nothing's not bad. It's and, not and bad. That's, it's pretty good. Yeah. What is good, but it's not when you come to, you know, being able to market and be able to bring this into the business. Because I'm like, 20,000 views, the amount that are in St. Louis are very, very few. It's like mostly all over 
you know, the country. Mm-hmm. And so whenever this pandemic started, I was thinking, I was like, you know, we're growing. Um, I'm going to do something on social. And so my Instagram was kind of just hovering there. And TikTok, I thought, was just something for kids. You know, I was like, oh, it's just teens on dancing because you hear all this stuff. But I started researching. I started looking. I was like, okay, what is what is growing the fastest out of anything that's out there? And this was right at the start of the pandemic because I'm like, I'm going to put a lot of effort into social media, but I don't know which one. And I was thinking it was going to be YouTube. But I start reading, and it's like, TikTok's growing faster than Snapchat. TikTok is breaking this milestone. TikTok's doing this. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, TikTok is growing, but my market for <coughs> older people, it's still new. And I'm like, so I can still hop in that because, you know, there's kids like to hear the cracking sound and stuff. But for the most part, you know, it's not kids that, that we're targeting. And so we started looking at TikTok, put a couple videos up, and then I just started to play with it, you know. Because I put up one video and it would have you know, a couple thousand views. And I was like, this is awesome. Because it took me a month and a half to have that on YouTube, but on TikTok I got it quicker. So I started to watch the For You page, which basically is all the videos of the popular things there. And I was like, okay, so what's, what's popular? And I'm going to mimic that. So I looked and there was like a Mentos challenge. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but they take the Pepsi, put the Mentos in, and then it explodes and so that was on my for you page nonstop it was like for you for you for you and I was like okay cool I'm gonna make a video like this and I'll get on the for you page so I go spend all this money and have my kids out there and we make this video and do all this stuff I put it on and it gets like 10 views and I was like okay so I'm like that's obviously not you know just mimic but I need to figure out how to mimic and make it successful so I go back and I start looking and I'm seeing, you know, what is the format? What is the timing? What is the, the comments that people are, are you know, putting in? Mm-hmm. And I started to make my videos that same time frame. I started to make videos and use the different sounds that I saw that was popular. Played around with the tags at first and then I decided to keep it 100% consistent because I would use like a tag like chiropractic adjustment, back crack, neck pop, crack, satisfying, all these kinds of things. And what I found is that consistency, I think that that actually, it being that cons- or inconsistent, I think that that affected me at first. So when I went in and put those tags in, it was something that started slow, but gained traction, gained traction, and then I just mimicked that all the way down, kept the same tags where it was just boom, boom, boom. But one of the things I didn't do at first was I didn't tag myself. And so I put like chiropractic and this, and I had like 20 million views. And I'm like, okay, well I got 20 million views, but my name's not on any of it. Like, I mean, it's on my channel, but my hashtags aren't there. So being able to come in, bring that in, add myself, um, as far as the hashtags went, then that exponentially started to make more people tag me because they would put up a video and they would tag me. They would put up a chiropractic video, they would tag me. They would do a duet, they would tag me. So being able to have that name. Hold on, hold on. What kind of duet? Are we talking about like, you know, Paradise with a Dashboard Light? No, or like, I want to sing right? this with Josh yeah. Adams? Yeah, no, it's like the split. People are reacting and get adjusted. Most of the time it's like, holy shit, because they're not oh. used to seeing the back cracks or or listening to it. And, you know, we just talked about the microphone, you know, getting that, that up. If you get that microphone right up there, you get some really cool sounds. And some <laughs> people literally, I mean, I, I get people that will, they'll be like, hey, Every night before bed, I'll watch like an hour's worth. And they just sit and watch these cracking videos because it's satisfying. It chills them out. 
And so I'm like, okay, well, we've got chiropractic adjustment. I'm like, but there's a million chiropractors out there. So what do we do that's going to be different? So we came up with our, basically our brand, you know, so it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Dr. Josh, but I'm also a real person. And I'm not the person, you know, if you come into my office and your back's hurting, you know, we're going to have a real conversation. And I'm going to treat you just like I would anybody else. But that conversation is not going to be talking over your head. It's not going to be I'm better than you. It's like, hey, look, Matt, you came in, your back is really messed up. I'm going to be real with you. This is your options. You either do this or you don't. And that's the way that it is, you know. And I tried to incorporate that into a lot of the, that's, the social That's, that's uh, it's an interesting bedside manner there. Well, your back's really messed up. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I can talk all day about how good I am and stuff. I, I back it up, though. I, I get reviews. We, we have sure. tons of people sending in. So I'm going to be real with people because it's like that stereotypical where it's like your doctor, you know, doesn't cuss, doesn't drink, sits at home. Like, holy crap. I'm like, I cuss sometimes. But the stuff that I see some of these doctors out there doing, I'm like, okay, they're a lot like everybody else. They have sure. the same struggles. They go through sure. the same addictions. They go through yeah. the same, you know, heartaches. Rejection is huge because when I first started, I, I remember my first video, I actually have it recorded because I had kind of started to see the trend. I told my wife, I said, I am going to figure this out. I was like, I'm going to figure out this algorithm and I'm going to blow this up. There you go. And I remember looking, I was sitting there and I, I got a video, which is cool. I kept trying different things, trying different things. And when it finally started to pick up, we recorded that. And I was like, hey, this is what's happening whenever it starts to blow up. And as we got to see that kind of go in because I've never been through anything like that you know mm -hmm. I'm like you see you put a video up and it's like cool you got five views the next day mm -hmm. I wake up the next morning and I have like 20,000 more followers and I'm mm -hmm. like holy shit like this is yeah. crazy man. but it, use the key words like when you, we start talking about you know the show topic about failure when you said when you, you just use words like I'm going to yeah you know and that that kind of that kind of pushes you through and past the failure part right it's like, I'm going to figure this out I'm going to do this you know, it's like, you know, well, maybe, you know, you, you don't, I'm hoping, you know, hope. Yeah. You, that's a perpetual state for a lot of people. But yeah. if I don't have a plan to get there, how am I going to get there? Correct. And so, and that's, that's one thing I found in business. And this is great because if you do your own business, you're going to do well on social media because one is you're used to failure. You're used to, hey, plan A didn't work, so I'm going to plan B. Plan B didn't work, I'm going to C, I'm going to D, I'm going to E. doesn't matter because I don't have a choice to fail. I've got a family that I've got to feed, I've got tons of employees that are counting on me. I've got patients that if I closed it, we're not going to be able to give that to you. So getting that mindset. But I will tell you that, you know, I've had successful businesses. I've done, you know, all the stuff. I feel like I'm past, you know, kind of the caring about what people think type phase yeah. until I get on you social media. You got to get past that too. Oh, yeah, social well, media people. Well, until I get on TikTok. I, in my video, I was like, oh, it's doing great. I had like a million views on my first video. And then I go and I put more videos up. Like a million or close to a million? No, I, I had a, I, I mean, I was getting, like, I still get about a million to two million views a day. So, so we get quite a few views. But that first time I heard a million, hit a million views, I thought every single video was going to be the same. When I didn't get those views, I was like, I was upset. Because I was like, I felt rejected. I felt like people didn't accept me. And I was like, well, maybe I am wrong. Like you just said, it's like most doctors, well, maybe I should have my hair combed over, you know, really nice. Maybe I should wear a shirt and tie. I'm like, you know, maybe it's, maybe people don't accept me. And I think that's so hard because I'm like, here I am, an old ass dude that's, you know, married. I've got kids. I've been in practice for a long time. I've heard everything that you can imagine. And I'm, and I, and I feel bad over this. 
And so what we did was I was like, you know, I'm like, how, how must other people that put their TikToks up like, or their Instagram or YouTube looking for acceptance, you know, how much does that affect them? Yeah. And so first thing that I did is I went in and I said, you know what? I was like, I have to get rid completely of anything that holds me back. I'm like, if I'm scared to put myself out there, I don't need to be doing social media. It's like, yep. I put my real self out there yep. and I be myself. It's like, yep. okay, I dye my hair, I look like Guy Fieri. So I've been getting <laughs> hey, that a lot. Guy Fieri brings a flavor, Fieri, man. Guy so Fieri is a cool dude. And, I don't know why people don't like And that. honestly, Doc, that's the thing that I have noticed the most about your videos is it's you. Like, if I come up and I meet you on the street or we're talking in the hallway, it, you're the same guy that I see on TikTok. Yeah. You know, you're not wearing the white coat like George said. You're not trying to, like, explain stuff to me. You're just... You're giving medical advice and sound advice. You're showing people cool stuff, but it's just you. Yeah. And I think it's it's vulnerable, but it's also what people want to see. Like they're so trained on like reality TV yep. that they want to get closer to the real thing. Yeah. And you're showing them that, and like people are connecting with you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and that was that was another thing that I noticed when you said start talking about you when you start getting caught up in the numbers, you know, and you and your rejection is tied to the numbers you're going to lose, Absolutely. right? Because I, I I would post stuff, you know, and I got a pretty decent following on social media, nowhere near as what you have. But I post stuff all the time, and I'll get, I'll get a, you know, 60, 70, 100 likes on something, and I'll bump into people in the street and say, oh, yeah, by the way, I saw your post. They didn't like it. They they liked it, but they didn't press the button, Yeah, you know? And so yeah. I know that my, my, my effect is much wider than what the numbers. numbers are reflecting. And so if I'm doing it for the numbers, then shame on me, right? But if I'm doing it for the effect, if if, if, I, if, I, if I'm really want to put positivity out in the world and I write a quote and I share it and only eight people like it and I run into three people in the street and says, hey man, I really like that quote you put up the other day. I have a bigger appreciation for those three people because I know that my reach is bigger than what the buttons are telling me. Yeah. So, so the biggest thing is getting rid of any kind of conception because you you know, like preconception of how this is going to go because on social media people have a mask to hide behind. Yep. So you're always it doesn't matter and and this is this has got me through a lot just in life too. But I saw a video and there was a guy and he he had been in the military. He had a injury that put him in a wheelchair. So they, they did this show and they went in and they took this guy, built him a new home, right? And they had all kinds of volunteers. It was, a, it was just a cool story. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching this thing and it's got like 100 million views on it. And out of those 100 million views, it has you know four or five, six million likes. For those four or five, six million likes, it has 100,000 thumbs down. So I'm like, wow. you took 100,000 people that could find that like that didn't like that. Oh wow! So you have to look at it from that perspective. It's like people are going to say, you know, hey, you're ugly. You look like Guy Fieri. You're dumb. Chiropractors aren't doctors. Yeah. It's like you know, I can sit and dwell on that, or I can look at the hundreds of thousands of people that you know give positive messages. But it's those handful of people that try to troll that I think really deter a lot of people. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you read a comment and it says, hey, you did a great job. It's like cool, cool, cool. And then you see one that says, hey, man, you're a yeah. fat piece of shit, and I hate you. And it's like. You gotta oh, take a step God. back, man. You, I'll tell you what, because I breach some tough topics on my social media sometimes, and uh, 
you know, you have to take a step back, man. Yeah. Because some some trolls are easy to point out. Other ones, they're kind of crafty. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll throw some stuff at you, and you'll be like, oh. and you, you're responding before you know it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, ah, dang, it got me. Well, that's what that's what they love, and and that, yeah, because that's what it's all about, right? They want to get you out of character, and the more you know, and the but more if you're not in a character, they yeah. can't get you out of character. Doesn't matter. George, you're always a character. I was born that way. Well, you know, and you you see, there's always somebody who wants to bring you down, like, and there's somebody that wants to use you to better themselves. Oh yeah. So like, there's a there's a PT that was on TikTok that, uh, you know, and, and I love PTs. I, I hire PTs. Like, I'm great with physical therapy. Personal trainers. No physical, physical therapists. therapists. So, I, so I'm, I'm great with them. I like physical therapists. I think it's great. We've employed them, you know. But there's physical therapists that's just like, ah, oh, you're back and this. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, you know, you got 6,000 followers, but you're trying to make videos, trying to make me look bad, trying to drag me in so I get into an argument with them. And, I, and at first I bit, you know, because I'm like, oh, you're PT. Okay, I'll, I'll get back to you. So he posted this thing and I was like, you know, of course me, I'm wanting to just rip this dude's head off because I'm like, right. you know, like, man, you know, you probably have a practice that you've seen yeah. four people in. You're probably failing, and now you're taking your aggression out on me because you see me treating pro athletes and this. And I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, it's uh, almost it's, it's almost like it's almost like back in the day in, in hip hop, like some dude who never made an album comes out and yeah. goes up against LL Cool J, it's like, a disc track, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, LL, you suck, blah 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 blah. And like LL's like, man, awesome bar. <laughs> I'm going to make a song and not mention your name. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to make Mama Said knock you out. Yeah. And not even mention your name. Yeah, and I'm just going to crush whoever thinks they can come this way. Yeah. You know that's what people are doing on social media. It's the same have, thing. That's what you have. They're like to they're do. like the little, like the bulldog walking down the street and the little chihuahuas running around and barking. Yeah. They're chirping like. And eventually you get to where you want to bite them and you're like, no. <laughs> but it, but you have to keep that and it's like you know. It, they always say the more people that talk about you or talk bad or have something to say, the more, you know, popular you are, the more famous, the more people sure. know you who you are. So I'm like, if you don't have so haters, cool. you ain't doing nothing. Absolutely. So, so from my perspective, number one was get that out of the way. Just make sure that you know that whatever happens online, like people are going to say stuff, you can't take it personal. Yeah. Number two is rejection is part of it. Same thing with business. So you both have businesses that you've had. It's the exact same principle is that nothing is going to work out perfect. No matter how good you think your marketing is, how good you think that your sales pitch is, how good you think your product is, there's a flaw. And you either do like the majority of people and go, ah, that didn't work, this sucks, or you go in and you figure out what went wrong and you fix that and make it successful. And you have to be consistent. So you have to consistently post stuff out there, put yourself out there. It doesn't matter if your videos don't blow up because that's the thing that I thought at first too. I'd put one up. And if it didn't have like 100,000 views within the first day, I'd be like, I'm taking it down because it sucks. And so I started to leave those on because I was like, maybe it's not a bad video. And as time went on, they started to pick up, pick up, pick up. Yeah. And you, but you have to put some, some effort in. You have to put your time into the tags. Like, when, when do my people that like my channel, when are they active? You know, what do they comment? Like, I read the comments from people. What do you want to see? You know, what do you appreciate that I'm doing? You know, what is it that does, I don't think that you like about this? And you take ideas from people. So Life is like a, it's like, it's like a box of chocolates. No, no, I'm not going for his gum. I'm kind of going <laughs> a little more philosophical about it is airplanes, you know, they're always off course. Yeah. The pilot is always course correcting. 
It's not if you just. It's always like driving a car. Your car, if you let the steering wheel go, it's either going to go left or right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always course correcting, and that's kind of that's kind of what great entrepreneurs do. You know, we course correct. We're not. Every now and then, you might crash into a wall, but most of you, most of your day is spent. You know, course correcting. That's, you know, that's the hardest part about being in charge. Is Every now and then, you gotta as a, as the pilot, you gotta throw some people overboard, yeah. <laughs> right? Mac can attest to that. You throw them off the plane. <laughs> throw them off the plane. Now, you give them a parachute. Some so, of them. So and, <laughs> you, you say boat, but for you, it's plane. It's a plane. Like, I would rather be in a plane. I'm more of a pilot. I'd rather throw you out of a plane than a boat. So <laughs> yeah. but, after the Guy Fieri comment, so I get the first thing he says. I like Guy Fieri, by the way. I'm not dissing Guy Fieri or you. I don't it's know who doesn't like Guy Fieri. I know people I don't Guy like him. Awesome. So you know what I thought? Because it's Guy Fieri. I thought doing like Kai and then Row. So like Guy Kai. So I have like Kai Row because I'm a chiropractor for a Halloween or something. Oh wow! Oh. I can see <laughs> Cobra Kai Row. I, I, I went Cobra Kai there, which Cobra is an awesome Netflix show. So yeah. Doc, you're a professional, right? You're a, you're literally a doctor. I am also a doctor, different form of medicine. Jurisprudence. Jurisprudence. So I don't do any medicine. I don't know if people. I don't know how many people know that lawyers have their doctorate. Same thing with pharmacists. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not doctors. I think people just kind of gloss over it. They're like, oh, you went to school for a long time. So I didn't actually know that either until you started coming in. Then you were like, yes, please refer to me as Doctor Nagel, and I was like, yeah. Technically, okay. I am master Doctor Nagel of intellectual property law. Okay, but I I'm in between that two firms that are doctors. <laughs> But you're a professional, I'm a professional. One of the things that I'm always concerned about about putting myself out on social media is that I'm going to lose clients that come to me and they're like, that guy knows what he's talking about because he went to school for a million years. He's done this for 20 years. Like He's won these cases. He knows this stuff. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is me cooking or this is me playing with my Legos at home. It certainly attracts a certain crowd, right? And you get that kind of internet popularity because you're like, Here's a Lego lawyer. Ha-ha. Yeah. But are you losing real clients? But it seems like your situation is very different. You're actually getting more clients yeah, we've, we've got being a real person. We've got a ton of people. And I have people all, I mean, I probably get at least 150 messages a day between TikTok and Instagram, just people that are like, you know, want to come see me or they've got questions or this. And it's cool because we've had people, actually had a, a really, this is my favorite story so far that we've had on social media is I, I had a girl that came in, she got treated and I uh, put her video up on TikTok. And this was before, I think I had like a couple hundred thousand followers, but so it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. It was, you know, I, I still thought I was cool, but it was one of those that I didn't know that I had this kind of reach, right? So I put this video on and the next week she calls and she says, hey, can I come in and get adjusted again? She's like, it was awesome. You need to come in and see. And I'm like, it's totally fine. So as I'm adjusting her, she tells me this story and she goes, you'll never believe what happened. She's like, I had this boyfriend that I probably haven't seen in 10 years. And she's like, you know, we dated in college and, you know, broke up and I haven't seen him since. And she's like, I got a message on Instagram from him and he moved to Africa. And she was like, his message was, hey, I follow this chiropractor in, in, the, in the States and I'm pretty sure I just saw you on the video. And so this person that she hadn't seen in 10 years who lives all the way across the world, I'm like, you know, He's seen that adjustment, so I'm like, this is resonating all over the world, sure, which, is, awesome. which is, it's just cool. When you get to those numbers, yeah, you're, 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 
you're in a different stratosphere, you know. And the thing about it now, it it it, it becomes more of a responsibility, you know, to 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 stay, you know, to to be relevant. Yeah. You know, um, and to stick to what you're, you know, what what got you there. Absolutely. You know, so how does that how does that incorporate itself into your into your process, or do you kind of have like okay? I'm going to do this kind of video and this kind of video only, or am I? I'm going to stick to what works. Do you experiment? Are you willing to go out there and stick your neck out there and take some failures? How does that work? So, so just to finish this because it'll touch on that. Mm -hmm. But from a business perspective, you you asked, you said, hey, do people see these TikToks and go, oh my gosh, that's you know, I don't want to see this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are because you okay. know, I do go outside the box on a lot of these things. But I've had way more people that have said, hey, dude, I've got to see this guy. He knows what he's doing. My chiropractor's not getting me better. And what I'm trying to do is educate people because it's cool to be on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's fun. But, you know, my number one goal is my clinics. And that's where my focus is. My number two is going to be my family. And then social media is, is fun. So it's one of those that, you know, I still have fun with it. But, hell, yeah, I'll put myself out there doing anything that I feel comfortable. Okay. And so, you know, sometimes people may look at it and go, well, that's not professional. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not the right person for you. Because if you come in your office, you know, and you have this, I'm gonna tell you direct, I'm gonna tell you exactly, you know, how it is. Our personalities may not be the best. And I'm a human being, I got four kids, you know, it's like, I'm trying to do what I can to play with my kids while running the business, while doing TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm a person too. And if people don't accept me for that, I'm not changing for that. So, <clears throat> just, for, just for our audience sake, um, people can follow you on TikTok, right? The same way they follow you on any other social media. Sure. So how do they find you on TikTok? So it's Dr. Josh Adams on TikTok. So you can find me on there. Instagram is the same thing, Dr. Josh Adams. I, I, I will I will go on there and watch you, but I, I have not been on TikTok in several months because the first time I picked up TikTok, it was a Sunday, and the next, when I put my phone down, it was a Thursday. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. I'm dead serious, it is the biggest time burn. I, I, I can't, I just I just feel like I'm not being, I, I would pick up a TikTok and watch people dancing and do all the, doing all this other stuff, and the next thing I know, you know, it's, you know, it was the, the quarantine was over. 